Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Well, it's great to be back with you folks. And, uh, you know, this morning we're getting to, we're in the last chapter that does not involve God speaking with Job. And I want you to know that my friend and I, my co-host, Stephanie Wesco, uh, socially distanced from me about six feet away for uh, no social distance reason, but because we're (laughs) stretched out looking at a a computer in between us that's given us these uh, squiggly lines that kind of look like an EKG. And Mm -hmm. it looks like I'm having a heart attack. It looks like Stephanie's small and slow there. So we're trying to get her to speak up a little bit here. But uh, (laughs) we just came out of a lie who, and we just... like Hugh, and we just learned we some have important one lesson. Last, yeah, we have we one le- more We learned in the last podcast, you don't have salt on caramel. You don't, uh, uh, you, you don't go out and, you know, it's all about God is great and we're not. That's what I got yeah. out of the last chapter. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's not, and again, we, we keep on saying, we're not, I'm not hard on Job. I'm not hard on Mrs. Job. I am hard on Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar because I thought they could have been better than Job. But here we are with Elihu, and Elihu, I believe, uh, obviously, all of these guys were sent from God. They're in the Bible here. But I think Elihu had to come along, first of all, as a friend of Job, like a mediator, to say, hey, this dude's going through a lot. But then to get to the point where he explains how God is just, God is real, God is present, uh, even when he doesn't feel like he's there, God is always here. God never leaves us. He never deserts us. He never fails us. He never lets mm-hmm. us down. And, and I think that's all important with what we're talking about here because now we get to chapter 37. But anyway, so here I am with Stephanie. So Stephanie catches up. We, uh, we've, been our, we've been at Camp Joy for a while. They've been gracious. This is a oh, wonderful camp, have. friendly camp, beautiful camp, beautiful light, yeah. great director, great staff, great people. You never know who you're going to run into. So what's it been like for you? Camp Joy has been an awesome place. Um, this is where I came from my first PTSD camp. Um, never dreaming in a million years that I would come back next year. The next, you know, come back this year. Yeah. Um, part of Wounded Spirits and, and working um, with the team here. So that was, that. it's been an amazing 10 days. It'll be 10 days nine days, Ten days nine being days. away from home and um so emmy's very ready to get home she I'm told me this to morning home. i'm ready to go home and i said we're going home tomorrow she's like i want to go home today i'm like well i'm sorry we have one more meeting tomorrow and so um but she's but it's been a great week the kids love it here they just um if you ever get a chance to come here for a retreat you got to come. It's a place of healing. It's a place of peace. Camp Joy, awesome. healing, they go together for Stephanie. They go together they for do. me. They do. And the food was good. No, you know, Jonathan. It's a place of relaxation. Well, well we Jonathan and his wife, Ruth. Uh, Rachel. You know, Rachel. Yes, Ruth's the sister. Rachel's Ruth is sister. the sister. So it's Rachel. Ruth is one other sister, but she doesn't say anything, so I don't I remember, remember her name. I remember her name, but yeah. There's three sisters. Yes, and they're so sweet. Man, it could be a Bible story. They're so good, you know? <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, so here we are. Uh, we're in a place where God shows up next chapter. But we got to pay attention to every single line in 37. 
as we're led up to that, yeah. as we see yeah. what's going on. And, you know, folks, I think the book of Job, this is what I've learned. I said this last week or earlier this week. I, I made the comment that Job has helped me. I feel like I know Job. I really don't. Uh, but I feel like I know his trials better. I yeah. feel like I know what he's going through. Yeah. I feel like I can apply some of Job to my life and those people I work with. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we need to come yes. up with. And that's what these people out there need to get. Yeah. You know, they need to feel like they can apply what Job has went through to their lives. They can yeah. apply, hey, I can grab Job 42.2 or whatever the case may be and slam that onto something. Mm -hmm. You know, I can uh, be in chapter 37. And, and I think that's how we need to come out of this. We need to come out of this. First of all, we're honored by you listening to this podcast, 171st. We're honored that you've been there along the way. We're honored that people are helping to pay the bills. We're, we're honored that we know, we now know uh, scores of people that are listening to us. And we're thankful for that. And it's not us, it's God. But I think the important thing that uh, needs to come out of this is we need to leave Job a little better than we found Job. We yeah. need to leave the book of Job with more knowledge. We need to leave the book of Job with more insight. We need to leave the book of Job in a better place than we are now. And that's that's what I think is going on here. So, yeah. so let's read 37. And certainly Stephanie and I have a, a lot to say about it. It said, at this also my heart trembleth and is moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it unto the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he, which he cannot, which we cannot comprehend. And I think it's really important to understand we cannot comprehend God. You know, there's some people out there that think they reach this place of this high height. They're closer to God. There's cults out there. There's strange things out there. There's, there's dudes out there that protest funerals and do weird things. And uh, they get rid of, you know, all of a sudden they know when uh, God's coming back and we're not, we don't have a millennial anymore. I mean, there's people out there that are messed up. We can't comprehend God. Don't think you can comprehend God. If you're following on someone on Facebook who's more messed up than a soup sandwich, uh, who's, you know, whose theology is more broke than a night in jail, you're in the wrong place, man. It's the word of God that matters. That's right. It's not man. And, and I mean, we can't comprehend it. That's what verse five says. For he saith to the snow, be thou on the earth, likewise to the small rain and to the great rain of his strength. He sealeth up the hand of every man that all men may know his work. Then the beasts go into the dens and remain in their places. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind and the cold out of the north. By the breath of God, frost is given and the breath of waters is straightened. Also, he watereth, he wear, uh, he watering, he wearieth the thick cloud. He scattereth his bright cloud and is turned round about by his counsel that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world in the earth. He causeth it to come, whether it for correction, for his land, or for mercy. Hearken unto this, O Job, stand still and consider the wondrous work of God. Dost thou know when God disposed him and caused the light of his cloud to shine? Dost thou know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him, which is perfect in knowledge? How thy garments are warm, when he quieteth the earth, thy south wind, hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong in a molten looking glass. 
Teach us, we shall say unto him, for we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. Shall it be told him that I speak? If a man speak, surely shall be swallowed up. And now men see not the bright light which is in the cloud, but the wind passeth in the cl and cleanseth them. Fair weather cometh out of the north, and God is terrible majesty. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. And I mean, people should circle that. They should underline it. They should put an arrow at it. They should put some writing over there in the uninspired part, the white part, and say, look at this. Read it twice. Read it three times. Yep. Uh, and then men do therefore fear him. He respecteth not any that are wise of heart. Not any that are wise of heart. Men do therefore fear him. I'm going to read it again. He respecteth not any that are all wise of heart. So, you know, we're coming to the end of uh, Elihu. And man, he's got a lot to say. Yeah. He's talking about things that are going on. And I, I want you to know whenever I see Stephanie going to the New Testament over here, she's got a verse to throw at us. It's going to help us with this. So we're just going to pour it right over to her. What do you think of Stephanie? Well, I think this whole chapter, Elihu, Elihu has done this this whole time he's talked. Yeah. But Elihu really honestly does have an incredible knowledge of God. Whoa. And it truly is like God is letting him introduce him to Job. It is. It's like, it's almost like a biography is being read. That's mm -hmm. kind of how I feel. And yeah. it's incredible because Elihu, this is not... You know, Elihu doesn't, our introduction to him is, you know, he's from this family of Ram. Um, there's not a lot given to us about him that he knew Job, Job ahead, but this guy knows a lot about God. And it's, it's interesting that he starts, Elihu has a fear of God. I think that's what I'm getting here out of this chapter is that Elihu has a very healthy, real fear of God. I just got, I had, I picked up something that was black and it was a bug. <laughs> and, uh, and she was talking, so she saw me shaking. Off. Sorry about that. Anyway, go ahead. No. Please. And so because Elihu has this fear of God, yeah, he's coming to Job challenging him with, Job, do you really fear God? And we know Job did because that's how God describes him at the beginning of the book. Yeah. But Job's been through trials. His brain's been played with, and Elihu's reminding him of who God is. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a powerful thing that this chapter ends with men do therefore fear him. And the, the, the fact that he says, God respecteth not any that are wise of heart is powerful. And um, I went over to Matthew where Jesus says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Boy, that's good. And Elihu is not knocking being wise. No, he's not. But he's saying if you're proud, God's not going to respect you. You know, If you're and, arrogant, if you think you know everything, Job, and he's, he's simply, God's not going to respect you. In a very simple and methodical way, he's saying... Uh, He's comparing the belly of the storm and the storm and yep. what men do in yep. the clouds and 
how God can give us those clouds to give us all the rain, how, how God can give us sun clouds. He's talking about the storm. I mean, we've all seen lightning strike right across the street from us. Yeah. We, you know, God is a, a gracious, just, wonderful God. And over mm -hmm. and over again, Elihu, you know, he's this transitioning guy. You know, he's got a role, I think, to introduce God. And, and just so that these guys know uh, the attributes of God. He wants yeah. Job to know exactly what the attributes yeah. are. He's saying, Job, you know, I, I, I've sat here. I know what's going on. I'm seeing you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I want you to know what the attributes of God are. Well, I and, think uh, it, it, he's, Elihu is trying, and he's saying it to all of us. You know, God put this in the Bible for all of us. Yeah. But the fact that we will never, God's ways are truly past finding out. The things he controls are past finding out. And, um, yeah, you know, he controls I, the weather. He controls this. everything. Controls everything. It's 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 an incredible thing to me that when we were reading through this, it made me think back to when Charles was killed. And the next day, you know, the day Charles was killed, I'll be honest, nothing in me believed. I, nothing in me felt. Nothing. I shouldn't say nothing in me believed because I knew God was with us. Yeah. But nothing in me felt or saw God's presence in any way, shape, or form in that car. But the next day, when we went back and looked at that car, when Ben went back and looked at that car and came back to me and said, Stephanie, that car is riddled with bullets. Yeah. I was reminded of how big God is because... All you could be going. Charles, who's 10 feet from us. There, yeah. there was no explanation for that. And I know, Ben, we had talked about it later and just the fact that God was there. He and was. And that's the God we serve. That If he wants to, he can make a person. Well, believe. the Stephanie song. You know, people should go out on YouTube and listen to the Stephanie song. That's a bi biographical song that we wrote about your situation and what you went through. You can go YouTube, Stephanie Wesco, Stephanie song, or whatever. It'll come right up. But, but you know what I think? I think what you said is perfect. And, but I'm trying to apply this uh, to, to, the, to our friends, to the gentlemen, to the ladies who are sitting out mm -hmm. there right now who are, who are trying to grasp who God is or what God is. And trying to understand God is like trying to wrap your arms around the mountain. So, I mean, you've got this practical way of saying things and the practical way of doing things. What would you say to somebody who's trying to understand God? Uh, I mean, what would you say? I don't think we're ever going to understand God. But we shouldn't stop, though, right? No. No. God says, um, draw nigh to God. Is it in James where he says, draw nigh to God? And he'll draw nigh unto he you. he will draw nigh to you. Humble and he says it in Psalms, too. I think Humble James yourselves. copied it. Yeah. Yeah. You sinners and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It's, it's so easy in the midst of a trial to become double-minded. What is it? Now, explain that. So... We got, we got a new peep out there listening to mm -hmm. us today who may not know what double-minded is. So double-minded means you have two tracks that are diametrically opposed that you're trying to run at the same time. And so in other words, you cannot be talking about God being unjust, unfair, this, that, and the other, while at the same time saying God is just and fair. And that's what a double-minded man tries to do. A double-minded man is not trusting in God. So in other words, like we were saying earlier, if you're involved with some cult or some craziness and you're listening to some dude who says the Bible's wrong or something like that, and yeah. you're, you're or liking his statements you. on Facebook or yep. whatever the case, 
you're all messed up. Yep, you cannot be it's either one way or the following other. someone who's teaching heretical teaching and in love with God at the same so what, time. So what, what should our mind be? So our mind should be Philippians 4.8. Um, of coming back to what is true. Are what you is ready just, to quote a memory lovely. verse that we gave out two You're weeks ago? You're asking me that at the end of a recording session. Yeah. Well, you know, give me a few minutes just to. Yeah, review. we'll let our study but, for a but, minute, but you know, there's some significance here, all right? <laughs> and, and the significance, and honestly, uh, no, there's only one person in this conversation that has memorized the book of Philippians, and it's not the guy with the deep voice who's got a sore throat. It's Stephanie. But. I, I want to say this before she does quote uh, Philippians 4.8, and I think every one of us, I think every one of us needs to memorize Philippians 4.8, and I'm still working on it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'm down three or four lines right now. I've got three or four more to go. Uh, but, but here's what's confusing me, and, and well, not confusing me, what has confused me in the past, and I want to help these folks with, mm -hmm. is just because somebody says God is something, doesn't mean he's that no, way. No, no. We have to be a Berean. Yeah. Paul Paul went to Berea, and God says that they were more noble than those at Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether the things Paul was teaching them was really the truth. And yeah. um, I was just looking here in Philippians, and I'm thinking I'm thinking part of our question is answered here as yeah. far as if we're in a Job place where life isn't making sense. Where Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then, Paul says, Finally, brethren. Finally. Whatsoever things are true, yeah. whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue. Any. And if there be any praise, think on these things. And I mixed up just and honest. But that is. And, and I Elihu think in our has just day, given us things, has just given Job and all of us things to think about. And, what and God I is. think the more, when we, the more we realize how awesome. And I don't mean awesome in a cool sense. I mean no. awesome in a breathtakingly majestic Awesome only fits sense. God or something God does. I agree. When we, when we come to that point of realizing who he is and what he's done for us, you know, Job didn't have the cross to look to. He didn't have that Savior to go to the way we do. Yeah. And when we get our focus off of us, yeah. And on to who God is and how big he is. He's big. He's huge. It changes our prayer. It changes our focus. It changes our reason to live. And quite honestly, because the devil, you know, you know, the, Job's three friends had been used by the devil. Yeah. They were a part of the devil's attack on Job. Yeah. Because they, have, they attacked him so heavily mentally. Yeah. And if there's someone listening who is in that position where they they feel under the gun from every direction. Yeah. Go to God's word. Make that your lamp, your light, your focus, your meditation, your filter for your mind. All of those things because that's how you get to know who God is. It's yeah. through his word. And yeah. that is how your heart and mind will be filled with that peace. And yeah. God, the world won't give us that peace. 
The world will give fear. The world will give confusion. The world will, will give that false guilt, and it'll fill you with all these things that'll give you pride. Yeah. God's Word will give you all of the opposites. God's Word will do you right. So It will. So a day for a lady who's going through PTSD or a day for a gentleman who's going through PTSD, you've woken up, you've had your nightmares, you've had whatever it is, maybe you had a flashback, you're, you're a born-again Christian, you're getting better. What should the day look like? Well, for me, those days start out with crying out to God. Yeah. Probably crying and crying out to God at the same time. Yeah. And knowing that I have a Savior. You know, I love that Jesus lets us know that he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Yeah. And we have a Savior that Job only could look forward to. Yeah. He's our Savior by name. Yeah. And the fact that we have a great shepherd who's there to guide us and to restore we our do. soul. Yeah. And you have to go to his word. Yeah. Go to his word to be restored first thing. And then you're dealing with the kids. You got laundry. You got knuckleheads. You know, <laughs> with eight kids, okay, just saying this, eight great kids, they're great kids. I don't know any other eight kids in a family that are better than her kids. Her kids are at least as good as any other kids, but the kids. And the kids go crazy. And the kids are... How does somebody with PTSD, they're hypervigilant, you're hearing 10 voices at the same time. Really, it's only eight in your case. No, because there's normally texting or phone calls. Texting or phone call. Going on. How do you slow everything down? How do you, uh, I mean, how, do, how does everything get slowed down? How do, you, how do you do that? How do you stop the noise? That is a good question, Doug. <laughs> Well, I think... So we may have to get back to you on that, We folks. may have to. Um, for me, does it always get slowed down? No. And I don't honestly have all the answers on this because I'm in a learning process, too. Yeah. But for me, the best solutions to slowing down is if I'm ready to lose it, to take a minute, take a breather, step outside... Stepping outside changes things. And listen to the birds. There was a few, I don't remember if it was a month or so ago with the pandemic, and I just went outside for about half an hour, and I watched the butterflies on the butterfly bush. You know, I got a and butterfly bush because you have a butterfly that's bush. That's right. Yeah. And just listen to the birds. Yeah. And it was like God said, Stephanie, if I created all of this, if I, I created all these little bugs that you're watching right now, these insects that are bringing you so much joy just to watch them. I mean, watching the hummingbirds, watching yeah. just watching God's creation. And I think that's what Elihu is bringing Job back to is, Job, you're not just, you just don't fear a God who's a God. You fear the creator of the universe. You know the creator of the universe. And don't you think that he is in control? Yeah. When he's done all the, when he can do all these things that Elihu talks about him doing. And that's what the Lord reminded me of when I was outside that day, that in the end, he was still in control. Praise and God. even though everything in me that day, and I honestly don't even remember today why I was freaking out so bad that day. But um, coming back to 
God is God and he is faithful and he is in control. And God is God and we're not. Let the, God be God. Yeah, do, do what David did. Go meditate on the heavens declaring the glory of let God. Let God be God. Yeah. If I get anything out of Job's study so far, let God be God. You know, I mean, boy, what a great message. What a great sermon title. Let God be God. What a great song. Let God be God. You know? Mm. We're going to do that, Charles. Write that down. But here we are. We're closing. I know we're running a little long. we got like 30 seconds. But it's important that I turn you to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Therefore, I say unto you, take uh, verse number 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you should eat or what you should drink, or, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. It is not life more than meat in the body than raiment. Behold the falls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, taking thought, can add one cubic to his stature? Well, I think, wouldn't you add an inch or two to you if you could? Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. And why take your thought for your raiment? Well, maybe not two cubits. Maybe just like half a cubit. Well, I, th I think if you, you know, you were complaining. I mean, Here we go off somewhere when we're trying to finish up, but this is important. She was complaining <laughs> while walking today about my leg length. Uh, you know, there's multiple people out there. She could have picked on someone else. There's an entire <laughs> group of people walking up and down the street. But consider, this is it. Why take you thought for your You're raiment? the tallest. Consider the lilies of the field. <laughs> How they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. You know, hey, we're not even as good as the lilies in the field. Wherefore, if God so clothed the glass of the field, which today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Mm -hmm. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. I think that's it right there. Amen. I think that's the one thing. Amen to that. Get right with God. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. Folks, you got to seek first. In just a second, uh, we've added this little message about how you can know you're safe. And folks, there's nothing more important than that. Mm -hmm. So take ye no thought for tomorrow. You can do that once you seek ye first the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, all those things in his righteousness. And all those things. Listen. We got you covered. Listen to this. Make sure you're saved. Hey, if you need help, get a hold of us. Look for us on our private Facebook pages. Look for us on Help for Wounded Spirits. Do us a favor and share that with your friends. If we've been a blessing to you, let us bless your friends too. God bless you. Listen to this message. It's very important. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're 
all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us. While we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believe it in our heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks? He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.